You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited today. You need to grab a pen, call a friend. We have got an exciting guest with us on today. Just get ready to be inspired, get ready for information, get ready to have some motivation for those entrepreneurs out there. Uh, we are so excited to have with us our guest on today, Nancy Fallon Howe, who has been a business lawyer for over 30 years plus. Uh, she owns Velocity Law, a small business boutique uh, law firm in Downers Grove, Illinois. And Velocity Law represents entrepreneurs, uh, startups, small businesses, growth companies in their business transaction, corporate law, and also security law matters. I mean, this is the lady that has the answers to all of these entrepreneurs out there, to those business owners. This is the show that you definitely want to listen to, tune in, take a lot of notes. I know I'll be taking a lot of notes as well, because we are going to get deep, deep, deep. We're going to deep sea dive into some of those questions and some of those concerns that you have as entrepreneurs. So without any further ado, welcome, Nancy. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me, Sheila. I am so excited. You know, there's in this particular time that we're in, there is a lot of people that have actually gone out of business um, because of the mm -hmm. pandemic that we're in. And there are some people that decided to go into business. You know, people are writing books, they're doing things, trying to be creative, trying to pass this time away with all of this time that they have on their hands. And so um, as new entrepreneurs are just budding into this uh, from last year into this year, we want to just know what are some of the common challenges that uh, small businesses kind of get into? They have an idea. I want to do dog grooming or I want to uh, bake cookies or do something. But what are some of the pitfalls or some of the challenges that they may not be thinking about as a small business? Thanks for asking. So, of course, money is always the biggest challenge, having enough money to, to launch. Uh, there's a whole separate topic talk that can be covered on that. Yes. But once you've got the idea and you're, you're going forward, one of the things I see people omit is they don't um, do a proper name search mm. before picking the name for their business yeah. mm -hmm. or the tagline or for a product name. And we all think maybe it's just fine to search our Illinois Secretary of State website to okay. see if the name or something that looks like it is, is taken or clear, mm -hmm. or if it's taken, we spell it a little bit differently with an S instead of a Z <laughs> or Z instead of an S. Yes. Uh, there's way more to name searching than, than just the Secretary of State. So we have to search the whole um, US Patent and Trademark Office. Mm -hmm. And I can, I've sent you, Sheila, a mm -hmm. name search and selection checklist, which shows teaches people how to do an initial screening search on their own. Right. I'll run through a couple of the, the rules and that's that the common law rule under name searching is that the first person to use the name is the winner. 
no matter mm. where they are in the country. And, wow. It, it throughout and, the whole United States. Yes. So if it's in your business, if it's in dog grooming and somebody's used it in that business, you can't use it even here in Illinois. Wow. Now on the dog grooming issue or barbershops or local businesses like that, maybe there's, there's sort of a local carve out okay. exception, but I just so love to have people take a look at this name search and selection list mm -hmm. to understand how to start thinking about, about names. Check Google, check US Patent and Trademark Office. Um, just because the domain name is available for you doesn't mean the business name is available. Wow. Another weird uh, thing about that is the word order of the name, na the words in the name mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Mm. There was a Houston College of Law case where the Houston Law Center mm -hmm. sued Houston College of Law because there were enough overlapping words for a law school. And guess what? The Houston Law Center was required or the Houston College of Law was required to change its name because wow. of that case filed. Wow. So don't think that just because the word order is a little different mm -hmm. that you can use it. Sometimes adding more words is enough to differentiate it. Okay. And sometimes it's not. Wow. The point is to do allow copious amounts of time to check the name, mm -hmm. um, talk with a trademark lawyer mm -hmm. and uh, be aware of what all those, those different types of parameters are that might prevent you from using the name. Wow, that's interesting because you said a trademark lawyer and a lot of people, when they go into business, they just get their business card, they get their stationery, they get a website. And like you said, they'll go from a Z to an S and oftentimes if there's no one in their area or if they just kind of, it's a, a kind of a catchy name, they'll just go with that, not realizing that someone in a whole nother state or one state over may have that same name and they may have been operating in business. And I know one of the common mistakes that I know a lot of people have is that they just do it themselves and, and uh, they don't go to a trademark lawyer. Um, I mean, they don't even know that they, I mean, some people know that they exist, but I think so many people are so eager to just get started, just get their feet wet. And then they set themselves up for downfall down the line. You mentioned that money was one of the number one things that a lot of you know, small businesses, they don't have enough capital to go into. And that's possibly one of the reasons why they don't seek a trademark, you know, person, lawyer, and things like that. But at the same time, it could cause a lot of um, grief, you know, down the and road. Money. Grief yes. and money. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, and so this is some of the things that, you know, entrepreneurs that are out there that you really need to think about um, because it's not just the name, but just knowing that you're covered throughout, you know, different states because you don't want to spend all this money in the beginning only to have to do it all over again. And uh, the painstakingness of, you know, being sued or something like that, after you get going a while, then they could still sue you. Is that correct? Right. They can, no matter how long you've been in operation. Mm. You mentioned the dog grooming business, which yes, is a purely yes. local business, as would yes. be a hair salon or a nail salon. Right. So those are less of a concern okay. than a business that's selling product or services mm. on the internet in many states. Okay. That okay. the national scope of your business is where you really have to do a name, a thorough name check. 
Mm. On the local business, they're, you know, they're, you have to just be careful. It's not too close. Mm -hmm. I encourage people to read my name search and selection checklist that I provided to you. Yes. And they can do a lot of the work on their own. That's the, that's my goal is to Mm. try to help people understand where they can do things on their own Mm -hmm. and where they should hire a lawyer. Yes. Yes. Doing that initial name search is something they can do on their own and then bring Mm -hmm. it to me or to a, a, yeah. a trademark lawyer okay. say, hey, here's what I found. I think it looks okay, but can you do that lawyer check? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it's really important because um, there's so many common challenges that entrepreneurs, small uh, business startups, they have. It's just like a common denominator, you know, not just the money issues, but like you said, not getting a trademark lawyer, so many things that are just common things. And we're going to have all of that listed on our website, those, uh, that information, but some of the legal mistakes that entrepreneurs make, I mean, let's talk about that, that a little bit, because they're just getting started and they have some common challenges. Like you said, money, not searching their name, doing some things that a lot of entrepreneurs do or small businesses, but then there's also these legal mistakes that they make that they just don't even realize that they're out there. Like you said, the name change on a wider scale, that could bring up a legal problem. And are there some other legal problems from um, for entrepreneurs or small startups that they don't even know that they're stepping into that arena just by having a, a, a business? You know, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. Yes. There's another one that it's, you wouldn't really think about this if you're, you're leaving an employer to start a new business mm. or you got laid off from an employer to start a new business. Okay. There's the topic of the non-compete agreement that you had with your former employer. Wow. Did that prevent you from starting this business? Mm. So you have to read that and see if it says you can't start a competing business for a year or two years. Mm. And sometimes we don't have access to the non-compete agreements that we had with our employers. If you're still employed by the company, you can go Mm -hmm. to the company intranet or the handbook or the manual and pull up the Mm non-compete or hopefully you have the one you signed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's buried within your employment agreement. Sometimes it's buried in the employee manual. Mm -hmm. You don't even realize you signed it. Uh, The best rule of thumb is to not Mm -hmm. mess around with someone else's clients and customers and their money Mm. you do they'll come after you and that's interesting because you're saying you know if you've been on a job learning let's say 10 years and you've built it up you've helped build this clientele with a particular company but at the same time you don't have a legal right to just go in and compete and take their customer their clientele base i mean a lot of people aren't thinking about that because they're thinking of the sweat and the things that they put into helping a company grow, but they don't realize you just can't go out there and just start up another, you know, donut shop or something and use the same recipe that you've been working, making, creating donuts or burgers or something like that and uh, be that competition. I mean, that does set you up for legal problems. I mean, you know, it's just what it is, I guess, you know, type of thing, but we don't really think about that when we're when we're breaking off from a company um, to start our own company because if you like doing a certain thing you're just going to get your own boutique and do the same thing from this bigger name boutique it's 
it's a it's a catch two twenty, I guess, out there in in the world, you know. It and, is indeed. Yeah. And you know, it it might be something that you could negotiate with them. You know, everything is negotiable. Every agreement you've ever signed or might sign are are negotiable. You just have to ask for what you want or what you need. Uh -huh. And maybe they don't care that you're starting a donut shop because they're wow. only into muffins. Yeah. They, they do yeah. care because they're planning to do muffins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you you tip your hand yeah. by asking. Yeah but you might be better off having a conversation and doing a negotiation about, hey, let's split up this, this market. You do that, I'll do this. Wow, wow. Now, you know, what are some of the steps that an entrepreneur can take in just starting a, a, a small business or just starting a business? What are some of the basic things besides their business card and getting a website and, and their stationery and their possible building or even operating out of their home uh, what are some of the things that they can do to just get started knowing that they're getting themselves on the right track, so to speak? First thing you want to do is form a corporation or an LLC. Oh, and that's a whole separate yeah. talk about corporation versus LLC yeah. or sole proprietorship. <laughs> mm -hmm, In mm -hmm. general, a lot of people try to start just with a sole proprietorship. Just okay. hang out your shingle without forming an entity to see if it's going to work. Okay. But there are, uh, you have to do the name check no matter what, okay. whether you're hanging out the shingle or forming an, an entity. Mm -hmm. And then you have to do a bunch of other steps as well that apply either, whether you're doing a an corp LLC or sole proprietorship. Okay. So Can you explain you it LLC a little bit? Cause some people may not know what that is just for those that don't know. Sure. Sure, mm -hmm. LLC means limited liability company, mm -hmm. and it's got the same limited liability that a corporation has. So a corporation and LLC have the same amount of protection mm -hmm. to the business owners that they can't get their corporate veil pierced in uh, litigation if something should go wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you should go bankrupt or have a lawsuit, and if someone sues you, you are only liable for the amount of your company assets oh, and the okay. cash you have in your checking. They mm. can't come through, pierce the veil and get through to your personal assets. Okay, okay. And, and then the you said LLC, the sole proprietorship, the sole proprietorship is just by yourself? Just, yes, and you okay. can get your corporate, your, your veil pierced. They can come right through and get your personal assets. Mm. So wow. if, if you're a, a nail salon, maybe mm. that's no big deal. If you're mm -hmm. a window washer and you hire guys who are window washing with you, you and somebody falls off a scaffolding, you could be looking at, at trouble. Mm. So the, the type of business you're starting uh, affects whether you're going to try to start off as a sole proprietorship or okay. whether you will go ahead and form a corp or LLC at the start. Okay. Now, what is an S-corp or there's a non-for-profit? What are those different entities? Just... So all corporations are formed as C-corporations by okay. default. Okay. To, get, to turn it into an S-corp, you have to file an S-corp election, which gives you a small business corporation tax treatment which allows you to flow through your profits and losses to your personal return 
and okay. take some deductions on your personal return in the early years when things are not all black ink, yeah. red ink usually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, a not-for-profit is formed as a separate type of corporation that's set up to meet the social or community or religious or educational purposes. Mm -hmm. And in a not-for-profit, you, um, you operate by bringing in donations and grants, mm -hmm. and then you give everything out to your purpose, to the people or the organizations that you're mm -hmm. serving. Mm -hmm. And you, can't, you, you can take salary in a not-for-profit as the, the manager of it, mm -hmm. but you can't keep any uh, end-of-year bottom line for yourself. Mm. It has to be oh, wow. plowed back in the not-for-profit or given to another not-for-profit. Mm. Oh, so they can actually share um, share money. That's not a money laundering or anything like that. I've heard of that term. Or right. That, you okay. can share. You uh, Not-for-profit is allowed to give its, um, its cash or its donations or its proceeds to other not-for-profits. Now, normally it just gives it to its purpose, like the Chicago Food okay. Depository gives food yeah. to, to individuals. Okay. But a not-for-profit can also give to other not-for-profits, mm. like the YWCA of Chicago gives to other not-for-profits, okay. and the DuPage Foundation gives to the YWCA. Mm. So they're allowed to do that okay. as long as that purpose is stated in their corporate purpose and their bylaws. Oh, so your okay. donors have to know you're going to be giving away their part of their money to another org mm -hmm. and that's okay. Okay. Wow. Wow. Now these are some, some steps, like you said, you know, to take as a, you know, LLC, a sole proprietor, um, a uh, S corp or C corp type of thing, some steps that we should take as far as, um, you know, checking out our name and things. What are some things that steps we don't want to take as entrepreneurs or as a small business startup, because there are, seems like there's so many pitfalls out there that people just aren't aware of. And uh, what are some things that you, they should not do? I know we mentioned earlier, um, as far as if there's an employee, you cannot just go out and just, you know, take other people's clients or something like that. Are there some other things that, that they need to be aware of when they're, you know, want to have a small startup business. Do due diligence on mm -hmm. anybody you're going to jump into bed with. Okay. There okay. are people out there who prey on small businesses like us, mm. prey on women-owned and minority-owned and veteran-owned businesses because they view us as more vulnerable. Wow. Well, they don't know. We're, you know, we're the, we're the strong people of the group. <laughs> uh, but they, like if someone comes to you with funding or some great mm. idea or, or partnership that seems too good to be true, it mm. might be too good to be true. Check okay. it out. Okay, okay. Another thing to be careful of is, is using legal Zoom. I cringe mm. when I get a legal Zoom <laughs> company from somebody yeah. because unfortunately, they're not lawyers and they make a lot of mistakes. Okay. Um, I've seen formation mistakes, hard value mistakes. I've seen them use names that are trademarked by someone else. Mm. I've seen them form not-for-profits with the wrong purpose. Mm -hmm. So I, I hate to sound, it's sort of a self-serving comment to say, don't <laughs> use a legal Zoom, use a lawyer like me. Oh, okay, but okay. There, you know, you can spend more 
more the money you saved on legal zoom you're going to easily spend more way more than that to mm. um, undo the damage the the mistakes that they do unfortunately wow i'm sorry to say that yeah but it's important for people to know and understand because there's all these things in the library or you know books uh, you know how to do this dummies for this and all of these titles and it's like oh this is good i can get this i can do my own um, set up, I can do my own LLC and all of these types of things people think they can do, not realizing that it sets them up for some mistakes, you know, down the road because they're not getting that advice of someone knowing the law. You know, what we're going to do is take a small commercial break. We're going to come back and uh, going to get a little bit more into the deeper dive of entrepreneurship, small business, uh, corporate law. We have with us an excellent expert on today, Nancy Howell, who is just a phenomenal, phenomenal wealth of information on small businesses, uh, corporate law, uh, so many different things that she has within her tool belt. So we're going to get into it a little bit more after this commercial break. Imagine yourself being pampered from head to toe, surrendering to the aromas of sweet serenity. Welcome to Libby's Soaps and Candles. Your destination for comfort and relaxation begins here. Visit us at Libby'sSoapsAndCandles.com to learn more about our exotic products. We are back. We are back. I'm I'm just so excited. All of this information is it's just so good. I mean, Nancy's one of the people that you should have in your Rolodex to be able to call, to be able to refer. She's right here in Donners Grove, Illinois. Velocity Law is the name of the firm. And uh, we're just so excited to have her as our guest today. Uh, Nancy, how did you come up with the name Velocity Law? When you think of Velocity, it's like take off, you know, it's like, <laughs> go, you know, like really, really fast. How did you come up with the name of Velocity Law? Because I know you've been doing this for, you know, 30 years plus, but how did you come up with the name for this, this law firm? I started off with the boring name of using my own name, Nancy Fallon Hool PC. And I put my clients through this checking a name and to establish your brand. And I thought I, I need to do that myself. Uh -huh. So 45 name checks later for wow. cool business names like Elevate or Growth or <laughs> they were all taken by a law firm or a business consultant or CPA firm, anything in the professional businesses. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, looking at my bike. I have a mountain bike. It has purple wheels that are made by Velocity in Michigan. It's a <laughs> custom wheel builder. Oh, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's it. And searched it. And my, I had a trademark lawyer search those. I searched the other 45 names, but in yeah. this one, it looked like it was pretty good. And the trademark lawyer found no hits. So I formed wow. it, didn't trademark it. I just formed it. Okay. And just to clarify that I wasn't saying earlier that you have to trademark your name. I'm just saying it has to be available to trademark to be oh. able to use it. Okay. Okay. Now, what are some of the costs uh, for an entrepreneur? Let's say if they're going to do an LLC or if they're going to do a sole proprietorship or an S-corp, what are some of the costs associated with those different entities? So the, so I charge the same cost for an LLC and a corporation. So I'll just, you mm -hmm. know, use and talk about them generically. Sure. Um, sure. It's, it's around 1500 
it's thousand to fifteen hundred in legal fees, depending on if okay. you want an add-on or not. Okay. And then the filing fees are three hundred and seventy-eight. Mm -hmm. So if you get the formation that includes the name search, the formation, the tax ID, the Illinois tax ID, the local licensing, mm. the uh, stock ledger or LLC ledger that shows your ownership, the op and that's like a thousand bucks. But if mm. you add on the operating uh, resolutions that mm -hmm. the bank might want or the landlord might want, okay. that's another 350. And if you add on the Illinois Reg 1 filing, which you can do yourself or I can do or your accountant can do, okay. that's another couple hundred. So mm -hmm. so the, the highest legal fee I charge for a formation is 1600 plus mm -hmm. the around 400 for filing fees and costs. So it's mm -hmm. around 2000, okay. but you can save some money by um, holding off on doing the operating document. Oh, okay. If it's just okay. one of you, you don't mm -hmm. need it yet. Okay. And you can save some money by doing the Illinois Reg 1 on your own. Okay. So you can get a, a corporation or LLC done by a lawyer for okay. between $1,400 and $2,000 total. Okay. Now, the question that I have, and I'm sure a lot of people in our listening audience would have, um, say they're going into a business, they need help, and they start hiring people, um, but they're, they don't have all that paperwork together um, to be able to do it the right way to save themselves that, that battle at the end. And so they're paying uh, maybe an employee or something like that. Um, what are some of the pitfalls in taking on employees and not having all that paperwork together so that you don't set yourself up at the end of the year or when it's tax time, not knowing what to do and thinking, well, I'm just gonna let that go. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's easy to, it's, it's easy to let it go because it's just, it's overwhelming and it's, and it's costs a lot, mm. but you have asked a great question, Sheila, and this is where people can get themselves in trouble. Mm. Categorizing a worker who works for you as either a 1099 contractor or a W-2 employee has tax effects and legal intellectual property ownership effects. Okay. So, and Illinois has more strict rules than the feds. So wow. the federal rule, yeah. So the federal rule is if, if you hire someone and you are their only employer, then they're a W-2 employee. Okay. On the other hand, if they work for a couple of other people mm -hmm. or they're like a consultant that they work for a lot of people, that's okay. a 1099 contractor. Okay. Okay. They come and go, you know. Mm -hmm. In Illinois though, they have this crazy rule that if somebody works 10 hours a week for you mm -hmm. um, it, and you're their only employer, that's mm -hmm. a W-2 employee. Wow. So making them part-time doesn't mm -hmm. overcome that categorization. Okay. So okay. if they're a W-2 employee, you have to file the, you know, the 941 quarterly tax returns. You have to withhold money from their paycheck mm. and file those tax returns, you know, withhold and pay payroll tax. Wow. On uh, another issue is that if uh, on the other side of that story, if they are mm. a W-2 employee and mm. you're the employer, yeah. anything they make or do while they work for you, <clears throat> like software development or whatever, um, belongs to you, the employer, excuse me. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> if it's a, a 1099 contractor, what they right. make or do belongs to them. 
Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. So now if you have an employee um, that, you know, someone that's working with you and you're doing, um, you know, you're not keeping track of all that, like you said, you can get into some, some trouble down the road. Um, if they decide to um, break off and then start another business, does that person that, you know, you didn't have everything already legally, you're just kind of giving them money. If they break off and start the same type of business, is there a legal battle that the employer that they used to have that uh, contractor person could kind of battle them with, or is it just like, well, fair game, so to speak? So when you have an employee and even a contractor, okay, the most prudent thing to do is set up a non-disclosure non-compete agreement oh, with them. So you, okay. the employer, have them sign a non-disclosure and non-compete. Okay. This means... They can't tell anybody your secret, your trade secrets, and they can't go use those secrets, the, the intellectual property and start another business. Oh, okay. If they do, you can sue them. Okay. okay. Usually those are set up to be a one or two year um, prohibition after they leave your employment. Okay. So they can't okay. take your contacts. They can't take your secret mm. sauce for the donuts. Wow. They can't, or your secret, secret hot sauce. Mm. Um, and they, they can't take your customer list, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. if you haven't put one of those non-compete or non-disclosures in place, it, as you just said, it's yeah. free reign, all bets are off. Wow. Wow. So, so when would a time for a person, um, that maybe they don't have a lot of capital, a time when they could do some things themselves versus they definitely need to, to use a lawyer, uh, whether it's a trademark lawyer or a business lawyer, what are some of the things that they can do to be able to say, okay, I'm going to get started. I can do this. I have my building. I have a, you know, someone gave me some money. I can put rent into this. Um, what are some things that they can do themselves versus they have to hire a lawyer now to take on these heavier, weightier uh, concerns? Well, on the building that you just mentioned, it's a good mm -hmm. idea to have a lease lawyer look at the, oh, the lease. You're saying they would lease wow. the building or they own it already? Maybe. Yeah, they just leasing a building. They're like, OK, I'm going to get me a space and maybe a, a clothing boutique or something. And mm -hmm. they're, they're like, OK, this is where I'm going to set up shop or um, some other product that they want to uh, retail. And they're like, OK, I've got pretty much everything. But when do they when should they cross that line and say, OK, I do this myself but this is what I need to lead to the legal people. You know, like you said, a leasing agreement, people don't really think about that. They just pay the rent and they're there for a certain amount of time. And the fine lines, if there's a water break in the building or some other problem, it's just that battle, but that adds on the headache of them being a business owner, you know? Mm -hmm. So and another thing that uh, that they can do some of themselves, and this is really important thing to re remember, is when you're doing uh, making a product or providing a service that requires health department licensing, oh, or wow. even local business licensing. Don't forget about that. Wow. Um, it, you can look up on your own the licensing that are required, licenses that are required. So if you do anything that touches people, animals, mm. or food. You've got a health department license, usually by the county. Um, if you're doing a professional service like um, accounting or financial advisory or landscape okay. architect even, okay. or massage therapy, mm -hmm. those are licensed by the state of Illinois 
Department of Professional Regulation. Okay. And the licenses are pretty easy to get. You, you, some require your own personal certification and okay. some are just a $30 filing fee in a, wow. in a form. Mm -hmm. um, so make sure you do those and look up your local town, city or town business license. Okay. Chicago itself is a, it, it's got a lot of, it, it, there's a lot wow. of paperwork to go with it, but <laughs> you can do it. Mm. The suburbs in here in Chicago and other places, yeah. it's usually a, a $35 or $50 filing fee and a page form. They mm. want to know where you are, what you're doing. They right. usually tell you you can't make noise or s smells or wow. you know, that you can't disturb. You can't have too many people parked on your street. Wow. So Just get that like license that. done. Wow. Yeah, and do your name search on your own, then run that by a lawyer. May, on the formation, you should probably just run that by a lawyer and an accountant. Hmm. And then after it's formed, you could do your Illinois Reg 1, which is the, uh, well, the you can do your own um, federal tax ID application, but that's also better to have a lawyer or accountant at least weigh in on it wow. because there are a couple of uh, trick questions. Hmm. And then but you can do your Illinois tax ID on your own, mm. Illinois Reg wow. 1, and wow. each state has a similar kind of registration. There's mm -hmm. no sense paying a lawyer or an accountant to do that, though mm -hmm. some people do. They don't want to mess with the paper, but some wow. people would just rather do it on their own. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then on contracting, maybe that's a place to, you know, involve a lawyer. Uh, I have another checklist for contract tips and tricks that you could read. And figure there are some things you can do on your own in a contract mm -hmm, before mm -hmm. you actually sign on the dotted line. Mm. It's good to have a lawyer involved and wow. not five minutes before you're signing it, but there's a process. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's, uh, there's, there's, oh, there's other applications you can do like to get certification as a women owned business, a minority owned business, oh. a veteran owned business, wow. or one that serves corporate uh, partners. Mm -hmm. That's a complex set of paperwork that the Small Business Development Center and the Women's Business Development Center can help you for free. Wow. And you need to have your lawyer, your legal, your lawyer, your legal paperwork in order, but there's a lot of business side that you can do on your own under the help of okay. WBDC or SBDC. Those offices are funded by the SBA and federal and state grants, and they mm. have three consultants who help us mm. all, and okay. they just simply have to report back to the federal and state government how many people they're helping and who they are, and wow. whether they're women that minorities. It's mm. an amazing um, group of helpful people. Yeah, there's yeah. a WBDC in downtown Chicago. There was one in Aurora. There's an SBDC in Glen Ellen. Mm. And do we have people from other states on the phone here? Yeah, there's it's all over. <laughs> the SBDC is all over and the WBDC yeah. is all over. If anybody needs help finding those. Um, also, the SBA, Small Business Administration, SBA.gov, has okay. a lot of great information. Wow. For business owners to help them get started and to help get free consulting again. Mm. And the SBA also provided those grants during COVID, the PPP and the. Uh, yeah. And they yeah. also have other um, grants for other purposes, grants and loans. 
as does the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity, mm -hmm. as well as other states have similar state funded um, things. Now the grants are not always that easy to receive, okay. but it's worth checking into them. Mm. Okay. Well, you know, you, you just mentioned something that, um, that I want to just touch on is the PPP. A lot of people, if they don't have their business set up properly, they think all this money is going to come to them as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, even if they're a minority business or a woman uh, owned business, or if they don't have their paperwork set up properly, then they kind of are out of the box for that type of money. Is that correct? That is correct. And with the PPP loans back a year ago, it, even if you were a single member LLC, okay. you got put to the bottom of the totem pole. So the SBA funded and the banks first funded the corporations wow. and then multi-member LLCs came next. And then the single member LLCs and sole proprietorships came mm. at the at last. Wow. So in wow. the PPP scenario, if you were a corporation, you got to get in line first. Mm. And it shouldn't be that way, but it's because I think yeah. banks and some business people, mm -hmm. they they treat single member LLCs and sole props with a little less respect oh, okay. than a full okay. corporation or multi-member LLC. Okay. So that's one reason to, you know, maybe get incorporated because you're viewed mm. a little bit, bit more of a serious business. Yes. But that's not to say all of us, you know, a lot of people, a lot of clients I have do, you know, no mm. entity yet. Yes. Um, yeah. And usually people, when they, when they start generating some income, they decide, hey, it's time to make it official and form mm. it as a corporate LLC. Wow. Wow. Well, friends, we're just about almost out of time. There's so much information. We're going to have to have Nancy come back. I mean, if you are an entrepreneur, um, if you have, a, if you need more information about corporate law, securities uh, law matters, um, just business transactions in general that have to do with startups or small business or just growing your business, this is a person that you definitely, definitely need to talk to. Velocity Law is here for you to answer your questions. They're here for you to be able to help you to grow to the next level. And so I am so excited that um, that Nancy, that, that, that you're out there and that you're doing what you're doing, making a difference, impacting people. And I know this is something that is very special to you. You're not just doing this like some people take a profession just to do it. But I know that you have a passion that this is like a gifting for you to really help people and you really desire to help people. And you, I know it just hurts you when you people go through all these mistakes and they come to you and they're like, mm -hmm. I did this. And you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. and things like that. I know you want to pull your hair out, but I'm just, uh, just want to thank you for being our guest today. We're going to have to have you come back again because all of the information that Nancy gave will be on our website. So mm -hmm. you'll be to look at some of the common mistakes that small businesses make. There's so much information that she's provided for us on today. And uh, if you did not hear the entire broadcast, you can please visit our website for more updates, more information, and also to be able to get um, information on Velocity Law as well. Uh, please leave a comment while you're there at www.roadtoeternity.net. And just remember, you are uniquely designed and strategically gifted. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. 
Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.